Hey, my name is Gabe Peruganon, and this is the Dabbler Effect Podcast, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the interests, hobbies, and passions of fascinating people. This episode features Sam Clarigo, a freelance writer based in the Philippines who has a passion for creative writing. Sam and I have known each other since preschool, and this episode was a great chance to catch up on her experiences and what ultimately led her to choose the career path that she's on. Sam talks about her love for fiction and the complex characters and deep backstories that come with the genre. Sam also talks about publishing her own short storybook about dystopian realities and why these types of stories are reflections of the world we live in. So sit back, have a cup of coffee, and enjoy the creative writing episode. We were talking like a few weeks ago and I was like, you know, like Sam's like one of those like person, people that I know in life that who is like really like outstanding and like I've known you for like a very long time and like you're super passionate and, and you know, that's like one of the reasons why, you know, I started the podcast to have like passionate people over. So yeah, thank you again for, for taking the time to, to be on the podcast. Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, so how's how's your week been? Uh, you were we spoke last week and we, we we sort of caught up a bit. But uh, how's your week been? And I know you're a free, freelance writer. So how's 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 that been for for this week? And you know how how have you been coping with the uh, the pandemic that's still going on? Well, um, it was my my week was good. It wasn't too hectic since yeah I'm, I'm, a, I'm a freelance writer so uh the, at the start of the quarantine like for the most part i kept myself busy throughout the quarantine by focusing first on you know my um creative projects meaning i used up the time writing short stories working on my novel um writing essays brainstorming new ideas and also revisiting some of my old works from college just so I could, you know, sharp sharpen and enhan- enhance my writing skills. Cause right. to be to be honest, it has been a while since I've revisited my creative writing works. Like most of the things I did for work back then were articles, copies for websites, yeah. and also helping out with the pitches. Since I worked in the content marketing department of the company. Right. Yeah. So so let's put some context into that. So so you know I, I know you mentioned that you're also working on your creative projects like your short stories, which which we'll get into later in the episode. But you also mentioned that you're a freelance writer. Um, and what what are the, what are the sort of projects that you're working on uh, freelance wise? You, you mentioned you're a freelance writer, but you also do other stuff like you mentioned. Uh, when we spoke last week, like transcribing and uh, developing websites and stuff like that. So how um. Give us some background on on you as a freelance writer. Uh, right now, so most of the time, editorial teams just email me to write articles for them or make write-ups for client websites. It's actually pretty similar to what I did when I was still full-time. It's just on a more relaxed schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by relaxed, like, how's your, how's your workflow been? Like, is it more chill? Like, you know, are you... Are you like working from working from home? Like, how's your schedule and stuff like that? Yeah, um, actually, working from home isn't really something new to me. Like, I have experienced it even before the pandemic started. 
both when I was still in college, taking up my internship at Scout Magazine and at my first job in Summit Media. We mm-hmm. we call it remote work since we don't ne- necessarily need to work from home. Considering our outputs can be submitted online, uh, we can work from a coffee shop, from a restaurant, like anywhere, uh, as long as there's good internet connection and we're technically reachable by our bosses or supervisors. Right. And, and like in terms of your schedule, like do you, do you like sort of pick your own time like or, or do you have like more free time? Because you, you mentioned to me that your schedule is not as hectic as before. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like what, what have you been doing aside from your, your work? Like how have you been coping with the pandemic? You know, a lot of people sort of have resorted to like watching Netflix and, <laughs> and, you know, reading books and stuff like that. You know, what, what have you been doing aside from work and, you know, just to have like a, you know, just to like cope with the pandemic? Um, well, being a freelance writer, like you said, isn't as hectic as when you're a full-time writer. Like you get a say more or less of how much workload you're willing to accept. Like every day I check my email for new assignments and if there are, I'd get to working on them as soon as possible because I really hate cramming work. Like I like to have more thing, more more time planning things out. Like maybe outlining what I want to write about first, and then doing research. Those things. Uh, I'm sure you'd agree that it's pretty difficult to get your creative juices flowing when you're pressed for time, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely felt it. I definitely felt it. Like, um, especially like during the first few months of the pandemic because I, I also did some free, freelance writing on the side and writing for the blog and it's 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 insanely hard to find inspiration especially when when you're just inside your room and you sort of just want to go out like you said go to a coffee shop or something but coffee shops are closed so I can't <laughs> get a coffee and stuff like that um, on that topic where, where do you find inspiration yourself like like when you're down and you're trying to sort of get going with uh, the stuff that you're working on where do you get that that spark that sort of says that, that makes you say like okay I'll, I'll I'm like I'm like back in the zone or something. <laughs> um, on norm- normal circumstances, like what I do is I get out of the house and stay at a coffee shop, like you said. I mean, I can't tell you how many short stories or articles I've written inside a coffee shop. It's like a writing haven for me. Um, there's something about the smell of coffee. Even though I don't drink coffee <laughs> and like um, the laid back atmosphere, the jazz music, and of course the people around me that gets my creative gears running. Like, yeah. uh, I like to people watch. That's one of the reasons why I prefer being seated by the window. Like you mentioned from our previous conversation, Gabe, that you like people watching too. And I yeah. totally get it. Like, I mean, there's just so much inspiration you can glean from observing people. You can come up with millions of stories about them. Like, granted that we have, we each have our stories to tell. It's still a fun exercise to um, imagine and guess what a person's life is like just by how he dresses or the way he drinks his coffee, the way he talks, and a lot of other things. What kind of stories do you come up with? Like when you're like watching people pass by, like do you do you come up with stories and like you know? assume stuff about people and sort of write write stuff about them and you know this is that something that you think about yeah yeah that's that's one way of putting it like when when i see a person inside a coffee shop i i 
I have this entire story in my head already when just by observing like how he is as a person, how he drinks his coffee. Yeah. yeah. But before you used to work at an office, right? Like you mm-hmm. worked at Summit Media for for a while, and before you transitioned to being freelance, right? Like you you were at an office. So how was that different than compared to now? Like with your like choosing your own time. Uh, in in the office, well, it can get really difficult finding inspiration when you're just inside your cubicle typing away and. You know, trying to beat deadlines can be pretty stifling. So uh, I was very thankful also whenever my boss would invite us out for a coffee when we needed mm-hmm. to like brainstorm on a pitch that we're working on. And I think she understands also as a fellow writer that you need to get out of the office every now and then and to be, you know, to be able to think creatively. Right. But like ever since the pandemic started, ever s- since I started freelancing, I haven't been able to like go go to a coffee shop. So honestly, I only get to see other people now through a screen. Uh, and that's not as fun as seeing them in person, you know. Uh, at the yeah. supermarket or in the mall, you can't really see people either. It's like... They're there, but they're wearing their masks and face shields. So there's really no way of knowing if they're smiling or not. You're not afforded the same visual cues or facial expressions as before the pandemic. Like all you can see are their eyes, but then they also avert your eyes. They they, they avert, avert your eyes from you. So it's something I've once mentioned in passing to my parents, actually, like how this pandemic really robbed us of the way we express ourselves like our emotions it's hard to imagine a person's facial expression just by their eyes but yeah i still take what i can from watching other people during the pandemic it's just been really different now has it been such a such a you know do you you miss like how bad do you miss like interacting with people like is that something that you're sort of craving like that's interaction that you're talking about, like in-person interactions with other people. Yeah, it's 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 really different. I mean, talking to you on on online on screen, it's different from when you're right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand. Like mm-hmm. for me as well. So the thing is here in I'm not sure how the, what the situation is there. Now, I've been keeping track of the news there. Then, like I'm on the news, so. It's you no, know, I I I also keep track of what's going on there. But over here, things are already starting to open up, and uh, you know, the things are gradually starting to open up. Like restaurants are open, um, cafes are open. You know, most most things most things are already open. And um, you know, for for the past uh, few weeks, I've already like gone out. You know, it's kind of risky still, but you know, just to, like get a taste of, I guess what life was before the pandemic. You know, it's it's sort of something that you just want to do. Um, but yeah, I completely understand. It was different going out. Uh, I mean, I've always been sort of, sort of introverted, I guess. But I also enjoy conversations and and interacting with other people. So you know, so the first time I went out, I was like, yeah, this is. Uh, I think I feel like for that one day, I was like the most extroverted person in the world. Like <laughs> as an introverted person, I was like, oh my god, yes, people. I miss people. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I completely understand. I mean, there's. Um, I think there was a meme. Um, like this pandemic is for for introverts. Like introverts around the world are rejoicing because of this pandemic because they don't have to make up excuses, like not to attend a party or not to be with their friends. Yeah. Cancelled plans, like no plans at all, just like being <laughs> home, like you know, reading books or like watching movies and stuff. Um, it, have have you been reading a lot? Uh, you know, I know you enjoy short stories a lot. Have you been reading a lot while uh while you're uh, isolated? Uh yes, yes, I've been reading a lot of novels and also articles because, like I said, I didn't want my writing skills to get rusty. <laughs> Like even though um, everyone's just working from home, you you have to be productive. Yeah. yeah. What are the what are the sort of books that you've been reading? Like, is there any books that you've been reading recently that a lot of people should check out? Not you know, I know you enjoy fiction, so mm-hmm. have you been reading a lot of fiction as well? Yes, yes. Um, mostly I read like a lot of thrillers and psychological novels. Um. It's similar to, uh, you know, you know the Gone Girl, I think, yeah. al- along that strand, of, right? Yeah, along that genre. That was so, like um. Remind, yeah. remind me what remind me what Gone Girl was about. Um, it's been such a long time since I watched it. I just know like <laughs> I just remember the first part when when the wife sort of staged this crime scene, right? Like yeah, that's at the house, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. there was some part about the guy having some sort of problem himself as well it's, it's yeah. insane but, 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 but remind me what, what was that like sorry like the plot what was the plot of, of Gone Girl again yeah it's um it's it's a girl staging a crime scene like to make um the husband look bad like as though he committed the crime right yeah I, I but think- there's some some there's some deep stuff in there too like you know um on the surface level, this is this this is the plot of that of that thing. But like deep, on a deeper level, if you analyze that sort of this the whole entire plot, there's something like with the the mental state of the the girl Both of and like them, actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that something you enjoy? Like stories like that, like <laughs> you know, something they have to analyze and like you know things that get get like deep into the psyche years and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm I'm very interested. I've been very interested on that subject like um i i like to think about what makes a person tick i've been read uh, i've been watching a lot of crime documentaries like you know ted bundy and well is that is that a lot, a lot? one huh is that Efron? was it the zach I, Efron one or no that? no it's it's not that one but i watched that too that was good <laughs> yeah well, um i like um, when when I write stories, I like to get into like the psyche of my characters. For example, uh, I I don't normally write a story from the perspective of the protagonist. Like I prefer writing it from the the antagonist, like the villain, because I I like to um like practice my mind also with these kinds of things. Um. Yeah, how does how does that change the story when when the perspective is is not with the protagonist but it's someone who's like the, actually like the evil person in this story? How does that change the entire dynamic of that story? 
Well, um, you know how with movies, like from the perspective of villains, like Joker, for example, you you get a kind of backstory for for them. Yeah. You you understand yeah. why they're like that. So yeah. that's one thing I'm trying to explore with my writing. Like people aren't uh, really inherently evil. I think they're evil because something made them that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I like to explore those kinds of stuff, like, yung, um, like descent to insanity. <laughs> yeah. What those kinds of what, stuff? What makes you enjoy that? Do you like putting yourself in different situations and understanding what it's like to be in other people's feet? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a very playful imagination. Like as a fiction writer, you have to have endless sources of inspiration so um it's it's very limiting if you just keep on you know writing it from the perspective of like someone who who's good to the world like it's i think it's it's more interesting looking at things from the perspective of yeah the the antagonist yeah i think i feel like it's more real in that way as well where you know, when usually stories are like, you know, I, I mean, stories are like based in reality, but if you really think about it, parang hindi siya na, nakaka-reflect ng, like, what's actually going on, or like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not actually reflecting, like, reality. I feel like in this way, it's sort of like, yeah, like, people, characters go through stuff, you know, they're just like, like you said, you you mentioned one time you like your characters to be very complex. Yes. Not just... Yeah, they have like deep backstories and and um, you know some background, right? Like mm-hmm. when when you write about your characters, do you sort of like create an entire sort of you know a sort of background of their life, even though you don't include that in the story, just to have sort of a connection to that character? Yeah, I- um, fiction write writing fiction is very tricky because you can't just you know, make up a character. You have to do your research also. Um, even though you won't include those details in the book itself or in the short story itself, you you have to lay it all out because you know that's how you um, that's how you know how your character will react to a certain situation or react to another character. Yeah. Yeah, I I read that about I read that about that um that sort of concept before because growing up, uh, I found that I love stories, but I I found that through like video games, mm-hmm. you know. You know, I I used to read a lot as well when I was a kid, but I I I've always like enjoyed games for their stories. Like like if you think about games nowadays, like yeah, you have like games that are popular, right? Like you you've got like Counter Strike or like you know Call of Duty or whatever. Where you, people enjoy it because they have to like they want to have fun with it, right? But it's not not necessarily because they like the story or like most games. A lot of games nowadays don't even have a story. But growing up, I I, I found that sort of um, love for stories through games. Like you know, I'll, I'll mention a few. Like um, growing up, there's this game called Metal Gear Solid. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that game, but it's it was one of my first games as a child around like four to like five years old and the entire plot of that story is based on like um nuclear warheads and 
and like the weaponization of mi- the military. Oh, and, wow. okay. Yeah, like so, like as a young kid, I was like already exposed to like sort of what you would consider mature stories already, like someone like an adult would would um enjoy. And that's how I got. That's how I got like you know. That's how I started enjoying these stories that are in these different games, and that's why I'm still like you know a big you know story. You know, I enjoy, I still enjoy like stories and games like till this day. Um, and I mentioned that because that's sort of, in a way, that sort of shaped me into who I am today. Like, you know, like me being connected to the different characters in these games and and the different worlds that I've been in. When in in like you can also get that through books. Like when you're reading books, like you can also get transported to different places and and uh, see the perspective of different characters. Um, has has reading books also shaped you in that way like as a kid like how did that influence you growing up like being ex- you know being exposed to different stories and and uh through through reading books uh i re- i read a lot of books growing up that's for sure uh also fashion magazines i remember how i would leaf through dozens of total girl magazines or candy magazines and then thinking to myself hey I want to have my name featured on the magazine someday. Like, if not as a writer, may- then maybe as a celebrity. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it started out with that. And then reading novels also. Whenever I'd finish reading a book back then, I would just look at the book cover and think that I also want to be a New York Times bestselling author someday. Like, it's a big dream to achieve. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's never hurt. To, uh, it doesn't hurt to try. And yeah. Uh, it's always been my dream to have my books sold at different bookshops around the world. What are, what have you found so interesting as a child, like reading books? What was so fascinating about them? You know, uh, before I I thought reading was all about escaping the world. Like you know how it is when you're so engrossed in reading, like you forget about the real world, even maybe for just a little. And it's in reading a good book that you allow yourself to travel to places. It takes your imagination to different heights. Like mm-hmm. maybe it's even in reading that you you get to travel the world. Like later on, when I was working on my thesis in college, I found mm-hmm. out that reading isn't about escaping from the world, but really it's just um, escaping into it. Like how do I explain this? Um, I feel like I feel like you're just um, you want to view the world in a in a more in a different way, I guess. Like if because I, I feel like a lot of books are inherently based in reality anyway. Yeah. So it's it's sort of like when you put put yourself in that position, it's sort of a way, I guess, to have a different perspective mm-hmm. or a different point of view on on reality. Right? Yeah, a lot of novels, even fictional ones, mirror reality, like. Reality doesn't take inspiration from books. It's actually the other way around. Uh, writers take from reality and then transform them into wonderful narratives. And yeah. I, I also think there's a big difference between, you know, the story we tell ourselves and the real story. And that's largely what I find so interesting about stories. Like as a writer, I jump onto these opportunities for exploration, you know, delving deeper into what life is into what being a human being is. Yeah. But what led to that? What led to that sort of 
desire to write about these things? Like, was it just something that came naturally growing up? Like, being exposed to different different people and different cultures? and with it, or, or was that something that you found one day and you were like, yeah, like, I want to... I want to like write about this. Um, my very first experience as a writer would have to be, you know, keeping a diary or a journal, you know, like the dear diary. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. back in grade school, I was very fond of writing about my day, about the things I learned in school, or you know, my dreams when I was when 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 I would sleep. Yeah, so that's how I started loving writing. You know. Uh, the writing I did was mostly about me and my experiences. It helped me navigate and cope with the awkward stage of puberty, overcoming fears, trying to fit in. Uh, it was through keeping a diary that I found out that I like to describe experiences and uh, the the emotions that I felt at the time. Yeah, I feel that too. You know, recently, I probably started around... Probably I would say twenty eighteen, maybe the start of twenty eighteen. I was I I got myself a journal. It was I I I wasn't much of a writer growing up. It sort of came like later in life, but um I wanted to I wanted to sort of write these thoughts down because I sort of get overwhelmed with like different thoughts. Like I have like thousands of thoughts each day, and you know I am I am super interested in different things, and I want like get us get a certain get a sense of I guess organization if I write them down so you know I got myself a journal a couple of years ago and yeah it's it's been great actually like just like I don't write every day but like whenever I feel something like I just write it down it's very like if you look at my journal there's, there's like no sense of organization it's just like <laughs> I want to write something all right I'll write it down and and that's that helps a lot actually like um it, it also helps to get a sense of what's going on and to be able to analyze as well like the different your different thoughts in each day um so yeah yeah i i found that i found that also through through writing on a journal which is you know eventually i guess it what it's what led to me starting the blog right like i i feel like actually that it's i feel like actually me saying this now i feel like me writing those you know different thoughts in my journal sort of sparked the desire to start that blog and to sort of like synthesize all these interests together um and and in that same light i i remember growing up you you're always this sort of i don't know what you've always been like an achiever to me like you've always been interested in a ton of things like we'd have we'd have different events in school i, I i've known you since preschool that's <laughs> <Yeah>. insane right <laughs> like <laughs> Um, and, and, and since then, like, since preschool, you've always, like, done different events. Like, when there is, like, an event at school, like, you would be interested in that. Like, you know, we've, we've had, we've, we've ha- have, like, you know, Lingo no Wika or something. And then, then you'd be there, right? Like, what, what was, like, what was that, like, this desire to try different things for you? Like, was that something that, uh, you want to do to sort of improve yourself? Or you just, like, were, was really interested in these different things and that's why you wanted to try you know these different uh you know these different things like events and stuff uh to be to be honest there was a part of my high school where my passion for writing and reading died down a little bit like like you said i grew interested in other things as well not just writing um in high school i love 
the performing arts. Maybe even more than I love academics. <laughs> so I enjoy performing in front of an audience. Like I was part of the cheerleading team of our batch for four consecutive years in high school. And I was also a member of the orchestra then ever since I was in grade school. So yeah, like you said, I also grew up joining contests for declamation. I like I like public speaking, but I'm also a very introverted person. So I don't know yeah. how that works. Yes. That's what makes me think about you as well, is that I, I remember you being very, like, reserved, but at the same time, you enter into a different level when you're, like, in these, like, like you said, like, public speaking, sort of public, uh, like you said, like, cheerleading, like, I was like, like, in high school, I was like, is this really Sam? Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, you would just be on a different level, like, you'd have so much energy, I'm like, this is, it's like, it's like you're, um... Parang like overdrive mode or something <laughs> when you're <laughs> when you're part of these events. Um, was this um? So you said like your passion died down. This did this come back like eventually, like like later, like I guess like when you went to college. Um, actually, uh, it was also during high school when it came back. Like, I'm glad that during my second year, I started binge reading novels again. I think it was in my first year that. I I just wanted to explore other things. But yeah, I remember the very first book I read since my hiatus was like 13 Reasons Why by Jay Asher. I mean, it's a, it's a very controversial book, even a controversial yeah. series in Netflix. But yeah. this author still influences the kind of writing I do now. And then, yeah, I just kept on reading and reading until I decided I wanted to pursue this career path in the future. So yeah, when senior high sc- high school, well, senior in high school came, senior year in high school came, I decided to yeah. apply for creative writing at Ateneo. Right, right. Before we get into that, who's the writer for Thirteen Reasons Why? Jay Asher. Jay Asher. Mm-hmm. I I I personally seen the first season. I I didn't read the book, but I personally seen the first season. Was it was it um was it like the same as the book or did they have did they change stuff like when they when they turned into a Netflix show you know I'm very surprised that 13 reasons why has like plenty of seasons like how many seasons are there there's like I don't know three two or three (laughs) it's it's so funny because the the book is just like a thin a thin novel so I think mm, so I think they they added stuff like added another storyline something right Right, I should read the book actually. I've I've only seen the first season, but it's interesting to me that you said that it it's still influencing you till this day. Um, was it was it something about the the style of that writing that that's influencing you, or was it more the theme of uh of that story? Both both actually. Um, the writing style, cause in college during my thesis, I had to defend why I. Because it's Jay Asher, he yeah. he likes writing like in fragments, not really in a linear kind of way. Hmm. So, um, that's what I do for my short stories too. Like, I don't like writing linearly. Sometimes I write, like for example, one paragraph would be from the perspective of one character, and then the next paragraph would be the perspective from another character. So. That's how he influenced me. Um, also, in terms of the theme, 
you know, uh, mental illness and like suicide. It's not, it's not, it's not a very light topic. So, um, I also grew interested in those kinds of things growing up because, you know, like I said before, I, I like trying to expand my mind in terms of creating my characters. So that's, 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 it's one way he influenced me. Was, are these things the, the are these things or the different things that you applied when uh, once you got to college and and um, like especially with your different classes and stuff? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. But let's get into that actually. Um, so you majored in, uh, I believe, you were a fine arts major in creative writing. Yes. Right. And and you know we we talked about like your your passion for fiction and. And you know that's pro- that's why you uh, you focus on the fiction track at, at Ateneo. Um, how was how was the what was the decision to to apply to Ateneo? Was did, were they the only school who was offering this kind of like really in depth sort of major for creative writing, or was it was it something specifically about the school where you were like, yeah, this is the school that's gonna you know that's gonna take my you know my you know my career to the next level. Um, yeah, a, a lot of other schools also offer creative writing, but yeah. um, Ateneo has been my dream school. Like, they've got a large and beautiful campus, so I think that's one of the reasons why I, I chose to go there. Um, also, their, their, their values are not that different from San Beda's values, you know, prayer and work, than for Ateneo, yeah. like, being men and women for others. And, you know, my personal favorite was the word magis. Uh, because I feel that it also kind of encapsulates me as an individual. You know, Magis is all about doing more, being more than what you're capable of. So I thought that um, applying for this school would be something that would help me become better than who I am at the time. And right. yeah, my brother also graduated from Ateneo. So yeah, I was inspired to study there too. But how is that? Because, because like I said, like we we've been in the same school for like our entire lives, and we we didn't really leave the south, right? Where where we were from, right? So was that was that a big adjustment for you? Like be you know, na biglang nasa katipunan ka na, and like all of a sudden you're you're very far away from home, right? Like how was that adjustment for you? Yeah, studying in Ateneo was a whole new experience for me. I'm sure you can relate to this game, like. We've both been in San Beda, Alabang since nursery all the way to fourth year high school. So yeah. imagine I've been there for almost, we've been there for almost our entire lives. And to move to another school, it's a different feeling. Like you don't know anyone there. And to be so far from home, Ateneo is in Quezon City. It's like almost an hour's drive going there without the traffic. And that can get pretty lonely too. I mean, I lived alone during college at a condominium across the university. It was scary to live alone, but I'm glad Katipunan was more or less a safe area for college students. Like, most of the people I see around the area are college students from Ateneo, UP, or Miriam College. But, you know, for the most part, I, I was also very thankful that I made a lot of friends too because it kind of helped me overcome this homesickness I would feel every now and then. 
even my professors yeah. in college have been very supportive. So it's easy to feel at home when you're surrounded by you know wonderful people. Right, right. And I, I, know, I know you did many many different activities at Nateneo as well. So we'll get into that in a little bit. And you know, you probably gain you know most of your friends from from those experiences. Um, but how how was how was the like the academics at Ateneo? I I read a bit about it actually. Um, I I told you last week Ateneo is my dream school, but I I ended up going to the rival school, so you know. <laughs> but um, so this this was my chance. This was my chance to read all about the different classes that I didn't get to read about before. <laughs> but uh, I I read a a bit about the different classes. I uh, apparently your major is is more based on. Uh, like peer critiquing and, and workshops um, with other people. So, is is there a lot of like inter interaction with other people, like for your different classes, like like you share behind the mga stories, you know, like for your classes, and how is that dynamic for for your mga workshops? Um. Yeah, you know, uh, it was really my first choice to take up creative writing as my course. Like I remember researching. Also, because at that time I wasn't really aware of its difference from journalism, like how creative writing is different from journalism. So when I found out that creative writing was all about writing short stories, poems, making plays, or writing essays, you know they had fiction, poetry, nonfiction, and drama as tracks or specializations. Yeah. I had this eureka moment, like where I just knew this was where I wanted to be, and. This was exactly where I pictured myself to be in. Hmm. Um, the thing with creative writing is that cur the curriculum allowed us to experience all four tracks. The introduction to poetry, to fiction, to drama, and to nonfiction. And mm -hmm. you know, the, the funny story here was every time I finished those subjects, like I would have this major dilemma of having to choose between those four tracks. Like, when I finished my poetry units, I wanted to specialize in poetry. And then after mm. I finished my drama writing units, I wanted to specialize in drama too. <laughs> like I think this kind of openness is also what I brought with me to my first job. Like I wasn't exactly confident about my skills in poetry before because I'm I'm bad at rhyming. <laughs> but yeah, eventually when your teacher inspires you and nudges you to try things out, you really start to consider taking that up. But yeah, eventually, of course, my love for fiction won over the rest because that's really my dream, to publish a novel. And I loved imagining things, creating worlds. Like, you're not tethered to just one reality. You know, with fiction, it opens up a lot of possibilities as a writer. You can talk about anything and everything. Yeah. I can sympathize with the being being exposed to one thing, and then all of a sudden you're, you're like, "I wanna, I wanna do that," and then being exposed to another thing, like, "I wanna do this one." <laughs> like, I can sympathize with that. Um, I, I I've personally felt that too, especially in college. It's like I I majored in comp sci, but uh, as you know, like I'm also interested in men's fashion, and now that's 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 sort of the the path that I want to get into. But uh, I'm I've also been interested in photography my entire life, and I'm like, hmm. I kind of want to get into this too. Like, uh, it's like all these things, right? Yeah. But, but I guess in your situation, like, you just have to make a choice, right? Like, and mm -hmm. and I, I feel like for you, you're you're also focusing on what you're passionate about, which yes. is you know that that track in fiction. Um, 
And and in that same light, uh, I feel like creative writing majors in Ateneo also can explore different possibilities. But you know, the one thing that I've that I've been that I've been noticing while you've been telling me about your experience is that people obviously like, people want themselves want to be published, right? That's ultimately one of the main goals, right? Is to be published. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, your your one of your projects in college, I, I believe this is like is this like your most major project, like the chapbook? Is that your most is that like the major yes, requirement? Yes. Yeah. I, I I so I I check I don't know where I found this, but I have the, the description of your your chapbook. But uh, your chapbook was is called Project Eden and other short stories. Yeah, that's what it's called. So so to quote that uh, the, the description of your of your book, it says Project Eden and other short stories is a collection of dystopian stories about mankind's future portrayed in the most unimag- unimaginable ways. Each narrative takes place in one's version of reality among the multiple timelines. This collection revolves around government authority, freedom, the dark recesses of the human mind, and ultimately its capacity to cope under radically controlled environments. So I feel like that gives people like uh, an idea of the kind of stories that you enjoy writing about. And mm-hmm. you told me about this last week, but you know, you you enjoy writing you enjoy writing dystopian type stories yes yes i do <laughs> and what wh- what is it about writing about a dystopia is it is it um i i guess like going back earlier is it a way of viewing the world in a different way or is it just is it a way to have fun with the sort of mundane reality that we're in yeah uh this- like you said, the stories in my chapbook are all dystopian in nature. You know, the the way I wrote my stories was that I didn't look at it from a macrocosmic point of view, but rather from a microcosmic point of view. Point of view. So mm-hmm. the four stories, four short stories, follow the lives of four different individuals living in different dystopian settings. Like at the time, I was so fascinated with the what ifs of life. No, are the truths that we tell ourselves, which are often very different from reality as it is. And I was pretty obsessed with the endless possibilities of everything. You know, how one event actually impacts the whole universe or how parallel universes exist and how there are actually multiple versions of ourselves out there. Yeah, that's what I think is the general theme of my chapbook. It's about navigating around an uncertain reality. Yeah. And our reality right now is very uncertain. (laughs) So I feel like we are living in a dystopian. In a dystopian (laughs) world. (laughs) Yeah, you you know, people are saying you could make a Black Mirror episode out of (laughs) of our current situation, which boggles my mind because like, like, if you think about it, stories like Black Mirror and and like the dystopian, dystopian stories that you like writing about so the thing is is that they're they're supposed to be you know just like a different world right like literally a different world like you can't imagine being in this position but if you think about it we're like this is this is a dystopia like right now like the whole situation with the world so who knows what kind of stories people will will write about you know what how, how will people twist you know the current situation probably darker yeah. <laughs> a darker version of COVID. Oh, that's oh, I don't. I would read a book about that. Actually, 
Um, and aside from your academics, you know, you, you said earlier that you like you like opening yourself up to different things, and you know, I guess it's a way for you to you know be the best version of yourself. Uh, you, you mentioned that you also uh, were part of the Tanghalang Ateneo, which is uh, was this like a drop the drama like theater. Um, how would you describe Tanghalang Ateneo? I feel like you would best describe what it's like. Yeah, Tanghalang Ateneo. We have three different theater orgs in Ateneo. There's the Blue Repertory, which is mostly focused on musicals. Then yeah. we have the Ateneo Entablado, and also Tanghalang Ateneo. Um, I think the 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 running joke here was like Tanghalang Ateneo was more. Um, they showcased plays that were more serious in nature, like um, very serious subject matters. Uh, and yeah. then for Ateneo and Tablano, I think they were more the happy, happier theater org. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I decided to join Tanghalang Ateneo since I wanted to try something new back in high school. I said I was a cheerleader and also a member of the orchestra. You know, during yeah. my first year in college, I was debating with myself whether I wanted to join the cheerleading varsity and orchestra of Ateneo. But after a while, I told myself that theater isn't something I've done before. We had drama fests and classroom plays in high school, sure, but that was all the experience I had with this type of performing art. So overall, I think it would have it have to be the curiosity over what it's like to perform on stage, to be an actor, or work for a production that led me to applying in Tanghalang Ateneo during my second year. Hmm. And, and how was that experience? I know that uh, you have different productions, right? Uh, and one of, one of the productions that, that I read about is uh, was from years ago, but you were a part of it. It's called Utos Nang Hari. Yes. And and apparently, the, the the whole story about that is like um, like repressive, like the repressive method of like authorities in school, and mm-hmm. and uh, like were were you you were like an actor for that yeah. production, right? I was a yeah. teacher. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so you were the you were the one repressing. Yeah, the, repressing the, the students. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was my chance to unleash the beast. <laughs> Yeah. And how was that? How was that? Was was it was it tough being a part of that? Like the like you know you know for the pre like actually performing the production. Like how was that process? I feel like it that's tough, no, to be to be a part of that. Um, the entire experience was wonderful. Like I said, I I met all sorts of quirky and talented people in the org. It was very inspiring to you know work with people who are so passionate about what they do like i i tried different teams for the different productions i took part in like i wasn't only an actor i joined mm-hmm. set design um costumes front of house or house management and i was uh, i was part of the artistic team before like i was a movement designer like a movement director yeah for um a couple of plays so honestly i learned a lot of things just by joining tanghalang ateneo many many of which i've brought with me when i graduated from college and 
started working, you know, the discipline, time management, and, well, social skills. Like, I'd like to think I'm more confident to talking to people now since I've had the experience of interacting with audience members when I was part of the house management team. Yeah. I believe you're, you said, like, um, disenyo ng galaw is the, is the term, right? For, yes, for disenyo your... ng galaw. <laughs> It's very very fancy. Um, I I I was trying to like understand like the the different productions. Is it is it is it split into different seasons? Because yes. in it's like based in different seasons and and for the you were senior Nangala for the thirty eight season of mm-hmm. Tanghal Ateneo. So it's really cool actually that that you were a part of that. Is there like a is there like like a place to watch? Is, are the, were these recorded or these were just like in person? Lang? That you could only um, see them in person. Some of the the plays I did were recorded, but it's like only for internal use, not mm. really uh, released to the public. Because that's what I think um, enjoying theater is all of, is all about. It's watching it right in front of you. It's not like watching it like a movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was very, very happy when um, some of my org mates invited me to design their stage, uh, I mean, this, design their movement for their plays. Because uh, we, ha- we have this tra- these trainee plays, you know, uh, it's, the, it's the play where you welcome all of the newcomers in Tanghalang Ateneo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So most of the people involved in that production were... Uh, new applicants so i had the chance to work with them and um choreograph you know dancing is something i really really love doing so uh, i was very happy that i got to share my um, expertise also in dancing so i choreographed a lot of plays too if if i'm like if i'm trying to piece together like your experience because it's it's amazing like like I'm like I'm really proud of you and then like the, the many different things that you're doing. If I can like piece together, I feel like you're also you already mentioned it earlier, but I feel like you're also doing these things partly because you wanna, you know, improve yourself and and you know, be like the best version of yourself. Is that something that you think about all the time? Like I wanna you know what I mean? Like because part for me, like every single thing I do, like the the blog, the podcast, whatever in like in life, like it's always I always treat it as an opportunity to be a better person. Like if I, if I do this one thing and I know I'm a better person after this, and I know like I've, I've done like a good job. So, is this something you think? Is, is this something you think about? Like with with things that the things that you're doing and the goals that you're, the goals that you're sort of striving for. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, joining Tanghalang Ateneo, it's. It's all about networking also because you, you, you won't get anything out of college without if, if you just, you know, um, just stay, stay inside the library, you, you won't really be able to learn or experience different experiences. So um, that was one thing I considered when I was joining Tanghalang Ateneo. Uh, at the same time, TA somehow directly concerns my course, so it runs along the same wavelength as creative writing. Like, 
one of the tracks for my courses was drama writing and you know what better way to gain experience if ever I decided to pursue script writing in the future than to join a theater org and to acquaint myself with the structure of a theater company like I told myself that it was this was the closest I could get to seeing what the process is like to have a story adapted on stage in fact like I've been fortunate enough to be an actor for two play productions which were adapted from a short story and a novel. So during these two productions, I was able to witness like how a short story and novel was transformed into a play. You mentioned to me once that, you know, I know you're still doing freelance writing, but on the side, you're you're you know, you're still writing your different short stories. Um, you know, is your dream still to be to have your a novel of yours public? one day yes yes of course um i still have you know so many dreams i want to achieve like right now i'm just taking it one step at a time too but i do hope to write more articles for online magazines that's for sure i'd also like to continue my career in marketing and content development for clients and you know i want to be able to write plenty of short stories be able to publish them to publish a novel even like if time will allow i definitely want to keep writing novels and you know have them all published um the future is just so ripe with possibilities like who knows maybe i'll start my own magazine too <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that would be that would be great actually i'll, I'll be one of the writers i'll, I'll submit my <laughs> application okay yes i'll give you my resume <laughs> My experience is I have a blog. This, this is my application. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to that and, and all your goals. So, so thank you for sharing for sharing all your experience in this episode. It was it's always a blast talking to you, um, and I really enjoyed the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the the point of the the point of the the podcast is, you know, one one is to have like really interesting conversations with passionate people. At the same time, you know, it all goes back to figuring out what you want to do in life. You know, each episode is is focused on a certain ta- a certain like career path or or passion. And you know, I, I I feel like if one person can listen to one of these episodes and realize that they want to pursue something that I've covered in an episode, then I feel like that's a you know that's already like a win for for uh, the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so in that light, like if anyone wants to be a writer, like if someone's listens, listening to this wants to be a writer, what's like one thing that you'd advise them or, or like, you know, if they want to get into writing as like a passion or a career? Um, I would have to say you, you just keep on reading, like immor- immerse yourself in lots of literature it's such a cliche advice, but it's actually pretty helpful. Like my prof in one of my creative writing classes told me that to be able to bend the rules of your chosen genre, you'll have to know what the rules are first. And yeah, that makes sense really. I still read articles or books that talk about writing, like how to create three-dimensional characters, how to construct a plot. And then of course there are the novels, like I read a lot of books growing up, which heavily influenced the way I write now, can learn millions of things from the authors you love, you know. Um, there And there's only so much your course can teach you in terms of writing creatively. 
you also have to be proactive in enriching your mind with these different kinds of literature. And then uh, I think you also have to start romanticizing your life. You know, you need to be endlessly curious about a lot of things. You need to have this desire to know, to learn from everything around you. Like I'm telling you, you'll be amazed by how it's in the little things that you'll find inspiration for your writing. And then there's also um, self-doubt. Self-doubt will be your enemy, but like, don't let it win because doubting yourself and your ability as a writer is the worst possible thing you can do to yourself. You have to be kind to yourself too. So wonderful things happen when you believe in yourself and you, just, you can keep asking for others to give you the validation that you need. It will always have to start with you. And um, never stop writing. Yeah, it's a good exercise to keep a journal. I have my own journal where I put all of my ideas there. And then when I have the time, I revisit those ideas and maybe turn them into an essay, a short story, like a poem, whatever. Uh, my mind is just constantly looking for inspiration wherever I go. When I'm commuting, when I'm shopping, like it's been a practice of mine to be observant of my surroundings because I never know when something, an idea, a photo, a person like might come in handy when I'm writing. So what's really important is that you keep on writing, like even when you don't feel like it, like it's not every day that you're inspired or motivated to write. That happens to me too. But even when you don't feel like it, you're right. Like, make it a habit to write down even your thoughts. Like, that's what I do all the time. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. That's that's something that I'll apply as well to, you know, that's sort of like some great wisdom that I also apply to myself. And <laughs> I'm glad that you shared all of your experiences. Um, thank you again for being here, um, yeah, for your taking you so time out of, uh, taking time out of your day to to uh, share your story and for having this conversation. So yeah, thank you again. Um, hopefully other people will be able to see your name in the New York Times bestseller. You know, like <laughs> yeah, hopefully. In Fingers a coffee, crossed. In a, yeah. Yeah, like in a coffee shop, like someone, someone's going to approach someone and like, who's that writer? I said, oh, Sam Clarigo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, um, that's a... There, there, there's also a beautiful quote I come up I came across on the internet a couple of months ago, uh, and I think it accurately explains what um, being a writer is all about. It's it's a quote by Anais Nin. She says that we write to taste life twice, like in the moment and in retrospect. So writing is all about, you know, unpacking what else life has to offer. It's about milking your experiences dry. Because it's only when you do these things that, you know, you really start living. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Sam, thank you again for being part of the episode. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for the time. And uh, for the listeners, uh, if you want to check out uh, more of my stuff, I have my, uh, my blog over at dabblereffect.com, uh, where this podcast will also be located. And this is also be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the all the podcast platforms you can think of. <laughs> uh, thank you again for listening. <laughs>